back here. I've been away for a little while, and uh, along with my wife, we had three weeks in the Middle East here recently, and uh, Israel, and Jordan, and Lebanon, and it's pretty cool to be standing back here with you in this place again. I, I wanted to show you my pictures, so I, no, I... <laughs> It's a little bit like when you go on a trip like that. It's a little bit like when you have a baby, you want to show everybody uh, the pictures. But if you if you want, you can check it out on Instagram. Uh, a little commercial there. But uh, it was it's an amazing experience to be in the place where uh, Jesus walked, where the land of the Bible, and to kind of put all that together. Uh, it was my first time there, and uh, I'd, I'd highly recommend the experience. But I'm struck just now, standing here about. Um, well, just the privilege it is to open the Word of God with His people. And I have, I've had some really crazy experiences like that over these last few weeks. I got to uh, stand and preach the Sermon on the Mount on the Mount of the Sermon. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. I, I preached at the Garden Tomb. I, I, I stood at the, the, this very precipice in Nazareth, where they were threatening to throw Jesus off the cliff, and uh, preached that story there one day. That was amazing. Last Sunday, I preached in a church in Beirut, and uh, amazing church that uh, full of uh, Lebanese Christians, uh, Syrian refugees, uh, Iraqi Christians. Uh, it was translated into Arabic. That was cool. Uh, they'd worship a little different there, though. I got to tell you, you know, um, like especially some of the women from Iraq. They, do, you know, that I think it's called ululating, or you know, that oh, I can't, you know, work that into your worship singing. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I got to say. Tomorrow night, I get to preach at a graduation ceremony for a Korean demon students. So I'll be translated into Korean. And two weeks from today, I'll be preaching in Texas, and they're going to translate me into Texan, <laughs> which is a thing. <laughs> Why did I tell you all that? I don't know. It's just it's an amazing thing. And um, what I found, simple thing, you know this, but it's cool to just sort of reflect on it, that everywhere I've been, no matter where it is, anywhere in the world, there are people who meet like this. <laughs> you know? People who speak different languages, different cultures, different approaches, uh, different ways of singing even. <laughs> you know? But they come together in the name of Jesus, they open the word, and they hear the voice of God through his word and by his spirit. Amen. And so when we gather like this, I mean, we know that there are other churches in the city, but there are other groups like this in every single corner of the planet. And we're part of something that God is doing across history with an incredible trajectory. Like we're not just repeating ourselves in an empty way week after week after week. We're actually in process. We're actually on a trajectory that will result in his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're doing here today. So, uh, with all that in mind, let me take you to the book of Ecclesiastes. Big surprise. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 11. We're getting there. There's uh, one more chapter after this. Uh, That's the good one, by the way. (laughs) This is good as well, but in a strange sort of way. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 says, Cast your bread, ship your grain across the sea, and after many days you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You don't know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or or how the body is formed in a mother's womb. So you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. You just don't know. You don't know. So cast your seed, throw your bread on the water, and uh, some of it's going to come back to you. Uh, let's, let's pray. Lord, we've been praying a lot already today, but we're just doing all of this in your presence and asking that, that you take this rather strange passage in Scripture and, and that you would show truth to us uh, in it and for it so that we can be more faithful in how we respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, you know, as, as uh, we, we take these texts and we, we try to read them and understand, you know, there's sometimes, I'll just be honest, uh, and I think this is probably true of Pastor Wes as well, sometimes we look at these texts and we just go, hmm, <laughs> you know, what are we going to say about this? And uh, this might have been one of those texts. I mean, there's a lot of things in Scripture that I struggle to understand. There's a lot of things in life I don't understand. How about you? you, I mean, do you understand everything that happens in the world around you? I mean, honestly, I don't understand why the sky is blue. I I don't, I mean, scientific answers that, you know, you can Google it, but I don't really, why blue? I don't understand why referees won't call penalties in the third period. I mean, it just it does not make any sense to me. I, I don't understand really and truly how it is that a sexual act could result in the formation of a human soul. And how it is that even though I have spent my life studying, reading, thinking about theology the way and will and mind and manner of God still remains a mystery to me. I mean, you would think, by this time, we we would have a better appreciation, understanding of our own conception as human beings in in the world. Uh, But even myself, how it is that I was conceived in my mother's womb, as it describes here uh, in verse Five, how I was conceived in my mother's womb in the very image of God and now have my substance known before 
in the heart of God before the foundation of the world. How, even my own children, how it was that they were known by God before it ever occurred to me to know my wife is something beyond my power to explain. There's a lot of things like that. Now, the good news is I don't have to understand it all. And uh, this might surprise you, might even disappoint you, but it's not my purpose to explain it all uh, to you when I stand here. Uh, if that's what you're looking for, there might be some other church. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have to understand every little bit of it. I mean, I'm growing in my understanding of certain things, but certainly when it comes to, to the person of the transcendent God who stands above the universe, I'm not going to figure all of that out. Not in this world. Even my own life, I'm not going to fully be able to understand and appreciate the consequences and implications of all of the actions that I even choose in my heart and mind. Well, that's okay. It doesn't have to stop me from living my life. You know, getting up in the morning and opening the scripture, doing my thing, going and doing my job, loving my wife, casting my bread upon the water. You know, seven times, eight times. And every now and then it comes back to me as blessing. So here's the thing. Like, um, our calling is not to understand it all, to figure it all out, have everything locked down. You know? I mean, we could try, but we're not going to get there. It's, it's okay. Our, our calling is simply to persist, to be faithful, uh, to be persistent, to persist in the mystery. That's what we're called to do. So as I read this text, I did pull out a few things, uh, three things in particular that I'd like us to focus on. Um, didn't put it on the screen or anything like that, I don't think. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just three things. It's really simple. And uh, while there's a lot of mystery in the text itself, I think there's three things that we can kind of grab that, that actually can be quite profound in helping us manage the way of our lives. In fact, I was sharing um, this with a, a colleague at uh, the office on Thursday, and he said to me, you know, he said, this text actually has become like a foundation piece in his life uh, over many years. And uh, that surprised me. But it was because of these three things, really. The first one is, is pretty simple. The, like, the world will act consistently. Uh, secondly, God will act mysteriously. And the third thing, in response, we will act persistently. Okay? That's not that hard to understand. Or remember, you could write it down if you need to, but, you know, just, just kind of lock it away. The world will act consistently. God will act mysteriously. And we, in response, will act, or ought to act, persistently, faithfully, and truthfully. Persist in the mystery. So uh, the first thing about this earth, this world we live in, I mean, it, the, the world turns uh, day by day, year by year, month by month. I mean, we just experience the turning of our planet, the continuance of uh, the universe. Things happen uh, according to the laws of the universe, which God established 
uh, himself in the creation of this world. Uh, So it's not surprising to us, as it says in verse 3, that if the clouds are full of water, guess what's going to happen? Come on, you're from Vancouver. (laughs) It's going to rain. Clouds fill with water, rain's going to fall on the earth. No big surprise. When a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. I mean, go, you know, hiking this afternoon, you can go up into the bush or into the endowment lands or something like that. You see a tree on the ground, that's because it's where it fell. <laughs> this, this is basic physics. It's how the world works. Uh, there are, there are uh, consequences to all these things and we have to deal with them which is a very simple way of saying that uh, it's useful to try to understand how the world works. You know, so if you're studying at at the university, if you're studying science, good on you. (laughs) You know, help us figure it out. You know, help us understand how the brain works, you know, or or, uh, other other things, because uh, this will help us respond effectively in, in the world that we have to live in. Clouds will fill, they'll pour their rain, a tree will fall, it'll lie where it lies, and we deal with it. If a tree falls in our path, you're going to have to find a way to climb over it. <laughs> you know? uh, if you're planning a picnic and it rains because the clouds are full, uh, well, you're going to have to deal with that. You know? uh, this is a good thing. I mean, God did not build the world in such a way that things happen randomly. I mean, it feels that way sometimes. But there's a reason. Right? Like things happen consistently, and so that means we're able to plan, we're able to study, we're able to, you know, that, that's when you get up in the morning and you check your weather app on your phone, you know, so you have a sense of what's coming. This is helpful. This is good. If, if everything just happened completely without purpose or meaning, just like capriciously in, in the world, it would make life very, very difficult to manage. I know it feels that way sometimes. But there are, um, there, this is a world that operates, for the most part, with consistency. Secondly, though, uh, God still, as the creator of the universe, acts upon the world that he created mysteriously. I mean, mysteriously to us, because we don't fully know his mind. We don't see the big picture. We don't stand above it all. We stand wherever we stand or sit, as the case may be. (laughs) So I'm standing right here right now, which means uh, the life, the world and the life that I'm living at this moment makes a certain sense based upon what I'm observing in this place and in this time. The experience I've had here before, the, uh, the, the consistency that that is exhibited in the fact that, you know, we come here uh, pretty much every Sunday except maybe one in January. <laughs> and there'll be, there'll be people in this place and we will sing songs, we will, you know, I mean, this is, this is our culture, our expectation, what we developed here. Um, but, but even beyond that, you, you know, when, when the sun shines, the clouds open, the sun shines, it's August, you know, it's going to be warm. The, the, you know, like like we, we see the life that presents itself and we understand how it works. However, within that, we know that we serve a God who has uh, his own purposes and his own mind and he's going to do things that are going to be hard for us to understand. Mm-hmm. You know? 
because we stand in our particular moment, in our particular place and time. I mean, I'm standing right here. I'm looking at you and most of you look like you're paying attention. <laughs> you know, Glenn laughed. That's good. <laughs> you know, like there's, there, there, I, this is what I'm perceiving here right now because this is the place in which I stand. But is that really the case? Yeah, some of you may be distracted and probably are. Some of you uh, might be looking at me right now, but thinking about something else. You know, some of you are getting ready to fall asleep. Uh, I understand that because the world acts consistently. (laughs) But I stand here responding to the world as it presents itself to me. And I lack perspective, right? Like, like whatever's going on here is going on here. There might be some other things going on just down the street that I don't see or understand. And it may eventually have an impact on what happens to me as I leave here. You know what I'm trying to say? There's a whole lot of stuff going on around here that we don't see, we don't get, we don't have, it, it, it doesn't exist within our frame of reference, given that we're locked into space and time. But we serve a God who stands above it all the maker of the universe, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the sovereign God who stands above it all, who has a purpose in the world, as I said, who is leading us forward toward the formation of his kingdom eventually in his time and in his way. So that's a great comfort to us. That even, so, so God created the world, established principles by which it would operate, and set it into motion. But then you need to understand God didn't just set us aside. Uh, Sometimes people talk about this concept of God. uh, Well, the the technical theological term is deism. (laughs) The the idea that God kind of created the world and then just set it aside and let it do its thing (laughs) and no longer had any concern or interest in what was happening, except as an observer. Well, no, God continues to support, to sustain to act within the world he created in ways consistent with his purpose known in eternity. Right? And we can't handle that sometimes because we're focused on our particular moment in the particular place we live with the particular influences and circumstances that are happening around us. And, And it's just hard for us sometimes because we can't see, as we say, the big picture. So the thing we have to receive by faith as we're struggling with with the circumstances is this understanding that there is a God who stands above it all who's doing his thing. God is working his will and it's going to appear to us as mystery many times because we are not eternal beings and we don't stand in the place that he stands. Does that make sense? So... God created the world, it acts consistently. And within that world, God acts mysteriously. And we can complain. And by the way, he's okay if, with us complaining to him sometimes, as long as we do it in good faith. <laughs> you know? We can complain about it, we can, we can fight against it. But in the end, God is going to be God. Right? Which is the way we want it. Right? We, don't, we don't want God to act capriciously or inconsistently. But we're going to let God be God in our lives, even though it's going to appear to us 
as mystery. So what's our response to all that? How then do we live? Well, we act and live faithfully, persistently. We persist in the mystery. We, we see the world the way it works. We try to understand it the best we can. We, we uh, do things that are sensible given our observations and the circumstances that present. We try to make good choices. We try to do the way. We listen to God. We study his word. We respond to his Holy Spirit in our lives and try to, to uh, live faithfully according to our calling within the mystery uh, that he presents us. We cast our bread. We throw it out there. We sow our seeds, it says in verse 6. Get up in the morning, sow our seed. In the evening, we let not our hands be idle. We stick with it. We work it, right? You get up. You do your job. You be faithful. You live according to, to uh, the will of God is revealed to us in his word day after day, moment by moment, as faithfully as you possibly can. I mean, I know there are times when this idea of, of, of throwing your bread on the water, you know, like seven times, eight times, like, like getting it out there, shipping your grain. I mean, at times, it, it, it feels a little uh, dangerous even, or risky, and we want to hold back you know, in order to protect ourselves sometimes. But Jesus said no to that. I I suspect that one of the stories of the kingdom that we're going to be studying in the next few weeks will be the one about the the stewards. And, you know, there was the one who buried his his, uh, resources in the ground because he was trying to keep it safe. And then there's the other ones who who invested it. And, you know, one did a little better than the other, but but they, you know, cast their bread on the water. No, they threw it out there. They did. They, they acted partis- persistently and faithfully. And who's the one that God blessed? Wow, Lord! You know, I was I, I was a little worried that the conditions weren't quite right, and I was, uh, you know, just I, I I just felt a little uncomfortable with the risk, and so you know, I just took care of it. I put it in the ground. Jesus, no, no, we're not hoarders. <laughs> we're investors. Right? Like, like God has given us resources to steward, to make something of. Right? He puts things in our hands, a family, a, a, a set of gifts, resources, and says, what are you going to do with this? You know, for the sake of the kingdom, for the good of the world, for, for the glory of my name. What are you going to do with this? And uh, that's a great question. So, so we've got to make decisions. You know? We've got to, got to take risks. We, we put it out there. Right? We don't hold ourselves back. We, we don't have to be timid. Remember uh, what, what, it, what Paul said to Timothy? We, he didn't give us a spirit of timidity. Right? but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And so get out there. Ship your grain. Cast your bread upon the water. Sow your seed seven times, eight times, nine times even. Remember uh, what Jesus said to um, Peter about 
Forgiveness. How many times do you forgive? Seventy times seven. In other words, just keep keep at it. <laughs> keep throwing it out there. Keep being faithful. Persist. Persist. It might seem mysterious. You might wonder if all you're going to end up with is soggy bread. <laughs> but you keep at it. And one day, it comes back to you as blessing. Amen? So it's not that complicated in a sense. The world will do its thing. The clouds will fill. Empty trees will fall. Things will happen. God will work in it all, and we won't fully understand it. You, uh, you don't know the path of the wind or how a body is formed. You can't understand the work of God, the maker of all things. So verse 4, maybe we shouldn't plant. Uh, we look at the clouds. Maybe, we, maybe it's wrong. Maybe we shouldn't read verse 4. No. Verse 6, sow your seed. Don't let your hands be idle. You don't know whether this one will succeed, whether that one will succeed, whether both will do equally well. And whatever happens, God can be trusted to bless and to be gracious. This, this world just keeps turning, which is another way of saying that it's cyclical. Uh, but, you know, the way I understand it, it's not just like, like you know, I, I, the Buddhists perhaps would believe that, that the world just keeps going around and around and around in a circle. We see the world turning, but, it, but there's, it, it's more of a, a trajectory. You know what I mean? Like I've been saying, it, it, it's going somewhere. But this, this cyclical thing, this, this turning of, of the world, uh, you know, we do the best we can with it, and we make our investments. Um, for example, uh, I'm a sports fan. Some of you are. Let's talk about our Canucks <laughs> for a moment here. I mean, the Canucks have had good times. They've had bad times. Circumstances have been in their favor, not as often as we'd like, but uh, uh, circumstances uh, sometimes go against it. So right now, as most of you know, or some of you know, we're in a rebuilding phase. And so the fans of the team are saying, let's invest in draft picks. It's kind of like lottery tickets. I mean, let's just get as many of them as we can have, you know, seven draft picks, eight draft picks, in the hope that, Maybe one or two of them will turn into superstars and lead us to a great future, right? It's a little bit like uh, people, families in poverty who will have seven, eight children or more in the hope that one of them you know, might be able to lead the family to prosperity. And it's a way of thinking of the world that, uh, that, that the preacher here in Ecclesiastes may have uh, supported on some level. But here's the thing. Remember I said, and, and Wes has said, and, and, and I've said before, uh, we read this book of Ecclesiastes and, and we profit from it, but we read it as Christians, right. right? And so we have to add a layer to this text. And that layer is the grace of God. We're gospel people. And so we don't believe in just a cyclical universe. We, we believe that God is acting graciously and will do his thing. So uh, when we experience any kind of prosperity in the world, it's not because, wow, I was really smart that time. That was a sharp investment. <laughs> no. Oh, man, I was really courageous in that event. So therefore, God blessed. 
You know, it's the therefore that's the problem. You know, I may have made a good investment, but it wasn't because I act courageously, because I acted um, wisely, because I acted consistently that God blessed. No, God blessed because God loves. <laughs> God blessed because he is a gracious God. And he will act upon our faithfulness in ways that are good for his glory and a blessing to us and those we, we encounter in the world. Do you understand? And we could go deeper. We could talk about the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man. That's a, a theological piece that the church has struggled with for millennia. But it's true, right? God is sovereign and we are responsible. Both at the same time. A mystery resolved only in his grace. We're not strict materialists, believing that everything can be understood through the scientific method. You know, We're not determinists, you know, theological determinists, believing that everything is controlled to the main. I mean, we understand and believe that God is sovereign, but we believe we are responsible. And somehow in the mystery of that, Both at the same time, God acts graciously. And, you know, that challenge, that that kind of... Remember I said there are things I don't understand? That's one of them, you know, how responsibility and sovereignty connect in fullness. I could resist it. I could try in a human sense to resolve it. I got a better idea. Let's just rejoice in it, you know. And receive the grace that God has given in it. So I've been working in, in my uh, place of employment at, at the seminary for 22 years now. Almost 30 years if you count the time I studied there. <laughs> and uh, over those years, we've thrown a lot of bread on the water. <laughs> you know, a lot of different uh, proposals. A lot of different programs, a lot of different possibilities. And we just keep doing it. We just keep throwing stuff out there. And you know what I got to tell you? Sometimes it goes poorly. You know? Like there have been times, I got an email this week, which was like, ah, really? Ah, disappointing. (laughs) You know? That happens. But there's other times when the investment we made, the risk we took, the thing we did, by God's grace, has turned into something incredible. I'm really excited about what we've got cooking right now in Lebanon. <laughs> you know? It's amazing, this partnership we're doing with the seminary there. We, we didn't know. I just, okay, they wanted to work with us. I said, okay, I'll come to Beirut. And it's amazing. We just keep throwing bread out in the water. And, and sometimes it comes back as disappointment. Sometimes it comes back as blessing. But if I was honest with you, it's probably a good thing for me to be honest with you as a preacher, right? <laughs> so so let, let me be honest for a moment and just suggest that there are times, a lot of times actually, when I wish that God would be a little more directive with me. <laughs> you know, and that he would just say, no, don't do that one. 
Don't throw that piece of bread in that direction. Don't send the ship to that destination. Do it this way, and it'll work out a little better for you. You know what? Sometimes God does do that. You know, sometimes God does direct things in a very good, but sometimes he doesn't. And I don't really get it. It's part of the mystery. Because didn't Jesus say, don't throw your pearls before swine? Okay, I don't want to do that. So tell me, where are the swine? <laughs> you know? Matthew chapter 7. But keep reading. The very next verse in Matthew 7. What does it say? Ask, seek, knock. Be persistent because your father who loves you is not going to give you a stone when you're looking for bread. He loves you and it's his purpose to bless you. And one of the ways, by the way, one of the ways he does that sometimes is by leading you through adversity. I don't like that part, (laughs) but it's good for me. It's part of his gracious blessing in my life. So here's the thing. I don't know what it is. Like I know some of you a little bit. I know what some of you are going through a little bit. Uh, But it might be that you're facing some stuff, some decision points right now. Maybe God is asking you, you think maybe God is asking you to, or or at least there's, there's an opportunity in front of you to take a risk that you don't feel fully capable of in your own self. Maybe you're dealing with uh, the need to persist in a difficult relational situation. Or, you know, you have to, you have to speak a particularly difficult truth to someone that you think might not be ready to receive it or interested in receiving it. I don't know. I could tell you, I, I'm, actually I can't tell you all of the, the, the issues that I'm looking at right now. The thing is, it might not work out. How's that for good news? It might not. You put yourself out there, you might, I was watching them on the beach play volleyball last night. Now, sometimes you put the ball out there, it gets slammed back in your face. <laughs> you know? That's not fun. It's okay. I've done, tried a lot of things that haven't worked in life. I've done things that I thought would be pleasing to God, and God says, no, not like that. <laughs> you know? I've done some things that I still to this day believe God called me to do and yet they haven't appeared to have turned out in the way I imagined. Does that mean God makes mistakes? No. just means his ways are higher than my ways. Isaiah 55. Right? Like, Like he's seeing it from a different perspective. He's got a plan and I don't fully get it, but that's okay. See, sometimes I've I've lived a reasonable amount of time now, longer than many of you, and I often look back now 
And I say, wow, wouldn't it have been awesome to have known where I'm going to be at today, you know, like 15 years ago? Actually, no. <laughs> it would not have been awesome. Because it would have messed everything up. Haven't you ever watched Star Trek? Like, <laughs> you don't mess with the space-time continuum. You know, you don't. No, I mean, seriously. Seriously, God is... That actually, sorry, it just makes me laugh. When I preached in, um, in Beirut last week, afterwards I was talking to um, the pastor's son of the church, who is about 12 years old. And he said, you preach a really good sermon. He says, I'd give you a 12 out of 10. <laughs> and I said, that's great. That's, that's pretty good. And he says, um, not quite as good as my other pastor. He, he would do it, get a 20 out of 10. I'm not sure about his math. <laughs> and, and so I said, uh, I said, what would get me from a 12 to a 20? And he said, a Star Wars illustration. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I gave you Star Trek. <laughs> No, it would not be awesome to know everything that's going to be and everything that comes because the time isn't right. God's doing his thing. It has to work according to his purpose. And when the time comes for him to reveal what it is that he has in mind, we all stand back, our mouths drop open, and what do we do? We worship him. But we can worship him right now as well, you know? in anticipation of the blessing. I mean, we've got enough blessing right now to thank him for, but there'll be more. And we thank him for that right now as well. Do you see? The world turns consistently. We can study it. We can plan. We can work at it. But, we, but, but the beautiful thing is, like, can you imagine how dismal it would be? And I know a lot of people live this way. Most people live this way. But how dismal it would be to believe that the turning of the earth is all there is. You know, you just, you're just trying to... Like, like, I just feel like that would be such a crushingly oppressive way to think about life. But instead, to believe that there is a God standing above it all who is purposeful, who is leading us in a direction toward an end that he is mine, that is going to be glorious... And in that, he's working mysteriously in a way that we can't fully appreciate, you know, interjecting, making things, you know, with the, he created the world, he can mess with it. <laughs> and he does in ways that are good for us, good for his purpose, good for his kingdom, and that we will receive one day as blessing. So, sow your seed. Get up in the morning, do your thing. Cast your bread, invest, diversify seven times, eight times. Be faithful. Persist in the mystery and rejoice in the blessing when it comes back to you. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. It's... I'll admit, when I first opened the text, I didn't know what I was going to, what, what you were saying. But just, just reflecting on the consistency of the world you created, what a beautiful thing that is, an intricate thing. 
the, the, the mystery of your work, your transcendent, sovereign work in the universe. Wow. And so in the face of those two things, Lord, we just offer you our bread, our, 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 our investments, our time, our decisions, our choices, our directions, Lord. We just put it in your hand, all of it. The hard things, the good things, the things you're leading us to, the things we're not sure about. Lord, we would ask that, that, that you would direct us. We believe that you do. Uh, but help us to appreciate and, and receive the hard things and the good things. And over time, Lord, over time, would you show us enough to keep us hopeful, to show us how you're leading us, how you're blessing us, how you're developing us in your image for your purpose as the kingdom comes. We ask that you would speed that, speed the coming of your kingdom, and that you would use us in these choices and investments and and, and, uh, decisions that we make for the advance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.